Ray Strayer. How are you going? How are you going? You're right. I bloody well hope so, because guess what? NBA's back on Wednesday. That's right. It is Monday, October 23, all day. This is NBA Strayer. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. That's called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. You can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, CodeBet Daily, all the good stuff. I'm here back in Larry Armour Studios. That's right. Not in the CodeBet Studios today. Jesus, nice. I do miss having like my tiny little audience of uh, one or two, though, there. you got Gerald and Joshy sitting around. You're like, this is weird. Just here, staring at myself. <laughs> Either way, we are two days out from the NBA season. Just wanted to do a quick one today uh, before we do the proper NBA Strayer Awards, which are always a classic. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, But this will be the Straight Ahead Awards. Your MVPs, your most improved, your MVPs, your MIPs, your DPOYs, your DD, double Ds. I don't know. We'll do a bit of that. We'll talk some fantasy breakouts really quickly and uh, some best over-under totals bets. Basically, my favorite uh, over-unders. For the season, we did the big over/under shows Wednesday, Thursday last week for the win totals. It's pretty good. We we'll do a quick unpopular opinion of the day and our back take us. We're serving up a flame grill take, and that'll be it. Because why the hell, buddy? Not I'll tell ya. All right, let's get into it. Episode nine, diggity eight, nine sixty eight of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Better watch out for the uh, I can't believe it's NBA season already attack. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez, did I do some writing today. You can see every team's over-under win totals. I uh, went through them, obviously, Wednesday, Thursday last week uh, for this here program, and then they are all written up now on codebet.com.au. Go check it out. Really good articles. Pulled a bit into it. Kind of uh, did it pretty quickly, but, you know, who's to say it's not amazing? <laughs> it's not for me to say. Go and read it and judge for yourself. Right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily... Whipper out. Oh, it's a whipper. Did you get that one? Uh, tiny little bits of news. We've got a lot of waves. There was like a big thing that sort of popped off on the weekend after, uh, I don't know, a bit of a confrontation. As Terry Stotts, you might remember him, late of the Trailblazers, and was then like, hey, guys, can I coach here to Milwaukee? And they're like, fucking yes, mate. That's good because we've got a rookie head coach. And he's like, all right, sick. And then got a bit weird. Got into a bit of shouting match. And uh, here we are now. <laughs> he fucking just went, I don't need this shit in my life. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool today. And fuck you. I'm out of here. That's exactly what's happened. It's very strange. Just very, very strange. But, uh,. Basically, it was like an incident at shoot-around, according to The Athletic. Um, Adrian Griffin was just like, fucking 
tearing strips off Terry Stotts, and Terry Stotts is like, fuck you, dickhead. I'm quitting. I don't need this in my life. Um, apparently it was like after he'd sort of gone over to talk to Giannis and Dame, he was attempting to start a conversation. Griffin called to Scott to join the coaching huddle. Stotts just was like, just give me a check and he talked to the players. Griffin yelled at Stotts and then it kept on going and going and going. Stotts came out of there and just went, yep, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> Are you worried about the Milwaukee Bucks, Jim? Yeah, nah. Ugh. I mean, you don't need this sort of shit, but really probably nah. Uh, they were told about it, the players like Lillard and Middleton and co. Um, basically, they were just like, yep. Yeah. Stotts called Dame went, yeah, I'm fucking bouncing. This is bullshit, but he was still surprised. So checks out, bit weird, bit of a weird situation. Adrian Griffin, I don't know if that's the best way to assert your dominance on a team to scream and yell at, like, a well-established, well-liked and beloved former head coach, the former head coach of your new co-star. <laughs> what are you doing, you dickheads? Bit weird. Anyway, other bits of news. We've got some extensions. You got Denny Avdijar going for four years, 55 mil. Locking that money, Denny. Um, there was uh, Zachy Cakes Collins... He had the two-year, $35 million extension. Uh, Zeke Naji got four years, 32 mil. Sure. Uh, Keon Johnson got wave. And then, of course, the big bad news. The great barrier Wraith, Duop Wraith, he got waved by the Blazers. And so did Jack White. Dun, 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 dun. That's right, Jack White himself, the Seven Nation, couldn't hold him back until OKC waved Jack White. I hate it. <laughs> Jack White is a weapon. The Thunder also probably don't need him. He does fit basically the vibes of what this was, but it sort of seemed to be you've got Trey Mann. Uh, they shipped off JRE, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Victor Oladipo and the KPG trade. So, But they do still have, like, what, Dort, Jalen Williams... You've got Meechich coming in. You've got Aaron Wiggins. You've got Bertans. You've got Jay Lynn Williams. You've got Usman Dang, Kenrick Williams. It's just there's always going to be a crunch, and especially without him being on a two-way, it would have been very, very hard. So I just hope that he lands somewhere else. Jack White, and I hope the Duop, the Grim Reaper himself, the Great Barrier Wraith, also lands somewhere. But at the same time, this is just fucking Adam Silver, isn't it? The no-bloody Australians, the NBA. We can't have too many of them around. They'll take over. I don't need any more Australians getting up my ass. I'm sick of it. This is US sport. We've already got all these MVPs winning by from different fucking countries. I don't like it anymore. And he's just punching down on our beloved Aussies. Yeah, bit shit. Bit of a tough one. What are you going to do? Anyway... I'm just sad. I'm just sad, man. I'm just... Can we have as many Aussies as possible in the fucking NBA? That's all I want. But no. Um, instead, look, I'd be interested to see where the Grim Reaper ends up land landing uh, because with 
that sort of size, that sort of skill. Like, there's always a sort of time. So, anyway, who does that leave? It leaves Josh Giddyup. It leaves Bear Box Hill, Benny Ben Simmons. It leaves Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau, the rooster, down there in Houston. You've got Josh Greeny Green next to Dante Sexum Up Exum in Dallas. You got the vacuum, Dyson Daniels in New Orleans. You got Jingling Joe Ingles in Orlando. Plenty of trips to uh, Disney World for the squids there. Jingles, love that. Patty Thrills in Atlanta. And uh, Matty T up in Portland as well. You got Xavier Cookie Cooks in Washington. Haven't checked to see if there's any news about him as well, but yeah. Anyway, and the other sort of sad news was big Stephen Adams, bro. Oh, bro, that's a bit sad, eh? Oh, I've hurt my knee again. It's a bit shit. Uh, the non-surgical approach that I was taking, bro, uh, didn't work. So my knee's a bit fucked. Uh, I hurt this back in January. I thought it would be fine. We had stem cells, bro. I uh, hurt my PCL, bro. And it eventually hasn't really worked, so uh, we're a bit fucked, eh? To be honest, this is actually a big blow for... Uh, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, because you got no more bigs. <laughs> like, yeah, that could be a problem. Like, seriously, no Brandon Clark, now no Stephen Adams. It's like, this is a lot of Triple J and Xavier Tillman all of a sudden. And that's uh, not a good thing, I feel like. David Roddy, can Kenny Lofton Jr. eat some more beignets? Jesus. But Brandon Clark out. Stephen Adams out. It just, when it was clicking, when it was working, they looked fucking awesome. And now Memphis just can't take a trick. You've got no Jamarant. Oh, bang, bang, Jamarant. Oh, shoot him up, shoot him up, Jamarant. He's gone and cooked himself. He's out for 25 games, and here we are. Anyway, what a bunch of dog shit. <laughs> I'm so upset by the Stephen Adams news when it popped off this morning. So, anyway, that's enough. That's enough sadness. Should we do some NBA Strayer Awards, 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 Awards? Of the Nerd Awards. That's right, the Nerd Awards. These are just the normal awards. <laughs> Why are they Nerd Awards, Jim? Oh, because my awards are way more fun. Biggest projected dickhead of the year. The Jordan Poole Memorial Award for most likely to get punched in the face by a teammate award. That'll be happening tomorrow. I can't wait. But either way, um, I am excited though because this year, digging into the MVP stuff, it is going to be absolutely fucking gnarly and it's going to be very, very, very fun. Um, one other little thing that I wanted to hit on as well, Amazon. They want to pay a billion dollars uh, for basically Tuesday or Thursday night uh, package, right, for the NBA Um Essentially, because they already own Thursday night football, they're like, how about we do Tuesday night basketball? And everyone else is like, yeah, just do that. That'd be good. That'd be fun. It's a bit strange. I I do always find it fascinating when it comes to like the streamers and the weird exclusivity that they'll have for sort of stuff like that. It's like the league's like, we'll take the money. We'll take the money. We'll take the money. Give us the money. The money, the money, the money. It's like, are you really growing the game, though? It's like, well, are folks on Amazon just sort of like, oh, hey, people who like NBA will make sure that they're up and sign up to Amazon Prime. It's like, all right, will they? Just get fucking League Pass, mate. But I guess if you can't watch them on League Pass, maybe that sort of forces me to use my Prime. Either way, bit shit, bit weird, don't know. Anyway, 
NBA awards. Now, as I was mentioning, I'm absolutely fascinated by this season because the MVP race feels fucking unreal. Because your favorite at the moment is Nikola Jokic. Hello. And he's probably my pick. He's probably my pick because he probably should have won last year. And the just imagine if he has like a vaguely similar year this year to what he did last year. There is no way in hell that after he went and proved it, he did it in the playoffs, he won the title, he won the finals MVP. There is absolutely no chance that he wouldn't win it. Like if they win 54 games and they're in the top two or three in the West, Jokic is winning this award. Unless my actual pick and his season sort of goes through. So Jokic averaged 24.5 points, 11.8 rebounds, 9.8 assists last year. 63.2% from the field, 38.3% from three. He also led the league in win shares, offensive win shares, PER, VORP. Had a bit of a VORP earlier, I think. BPM. Is that beats per minute? Jokic. Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. Uh, we get the point, Jim. Uh, true shooting percentage as well. He should have won his third straight MVP. But everybody went, oh, nah, Joel beat scoring lots. And if you took him off that team, that'd be fucked. And you would have been right. Jokic then made everyone look like a fucking moron by just tearing through the West, being very obviously the best player in the NBA and winning finals MVP as well as the title. So... The only way I see Jokic not actually sort of winning it this year is if he sort of just takes the foot off the gas, goes, look, man, I just want to fucking, I want to look at my horses, make sure my horses are all good. Oh, we're playing basketball. Yeah, Nicola, we're in the middle of a fucking game. Bro, get off your phone. Oh, but my horses. My horses, they're very, very good. Look at beautiful horse. I have uh, 10, 12 horses. They're very beautiful, yes. It's like, okay, Nicola, okay. He's like, uh, how many points we need? Uh, 16. We're down by 16. He's like, oh, shit, it's very bad. Apparently he's now turned into a vampire, but still. Basically, you saw this in the back half of the season, right? They took the foot off the old MVP pedal for Jokic down the stretch in order to rest up for the playoffs. Guess what? It worked! They won the title! He won the finals MVP. Do you think they learned a lesson from that? It's like he doesn't give a fuck about the you know individual awards at all. He's made that very clear. I've just got the sneaking suspicion that, again, this year, he'll just sort of get to the point where he's like, in conversation, fantastic, yes, but uh, give fucks there. No. Rather look at horses than win MVP. I've got a feeling he could also actually lead the league in assists this year. He was at 9.8. He bangs it up like one a game. Trust the other guys on that team a little bit more. MPG takes a little bit more of a step up. I love Yoka. I think he could win it. He probably should win it. I don't think he will. Luka Doncic, most talented teammate ever beside him, Kyrie. Uh, but of course, it's fucking Kyrie, noted dead shit head case. Oh man, I'm just going to fuck off for two weeks and not tell anybody. It's like, can you not? Oh, how about it cause just a real quick racist chaos? What do you reckon? How about I just don't understand how physics and gravity work? 
Or how about I don't get the vaccine and completely dog the boys and my teammates because I'm taking a principled stand uh, for death? (laughs) What a fuckbag. The thing is, if the Mavs actually have a good year, which I don't expect they will, like a lot of the credit would then probably go to Kyrie for being a good citizen. Oh, look look how well he fit in. And Luke is like, I just scored 34 points game. 10, point, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, what the fuck? So, Luca could win it. If they are very good, if they win 50-plus games, if it all sort of just clicks and the offense is a whirring death machine, if Luca's leadership is out there, if he's like actually playing some defense for the fucking first time in his life, if he's not bitching and moaning every 20... No, he's not winning it. The amount of bitching and moaning he does, he's just not winning this. If he averaged a 30, 10, and 10, the Slovenian Andrew Gaze still probably wouldn't win MVP because Kyrie's going to submarine this season, he's going to bitch and moan, and he's not going to play any defense. Luke is not going to win it. Giannis, watch out. Here we go. Could Giannis do it? He really could. Giannis really could win this one because he's already won two MVPs. Did you know only eight blokes have ever won MVP before? Uh, three MVPs, sorry. Joker was angling to be the ninth last year. Giannis might be able to do it this year. But he's now got Dame. He averaged 31.1 points a game last year, 11.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists, shot 55% from the floor. His defense actually, just the counting stats alone, sort of ducked a little bit. 0.8 steals and blocks a game. It's his lowest since he was a rookie. But if that bumps back up where he's not having to concentrate on the offense so much because Dame's there, then those numbers could, like, he could just be unlocked even more. Like, this would be the best pick-and-roll duo in the league. He could be absolutely fucking amazing. And the only sort of thing that you sort of go, well, Dame could be doing, like, all the late-game clutch heroics. My point is they might be winning games by so much there's not much clutch time for Dame to shine in anyway. Like, if you're shit-pumping teams, guess what? It might not matter if Dame is scoring in the clutch. So I think Giannis might be my second favorite outside of the Joker. But then there's my actual favorite, Jason Tatum. Turning 26 in March, that's the average age of MVPs. He's in the seventh year of his NBA career. Not bad for a 19-year-old. But he averaged (laughs) 30.1 points a game last year. Uh, rebounds were up to 8.6. Assists were up to 4.6. The shooting got up to 46.6 from the floor. If you can get that three-pointer back up, uh, that was 35 on 9.3 attempts. If you can bang that up to 38-plus, he'd be laughing. I'd also rather see him improve with a ball as a ball handler, right? Just get those assist numbers to tick over five and a half a game. Then he'd be fucking on. The thing is, the old adage, right? Best player on the best team. This could easily go to Tatum this year. This might shock you a little bit on the Celtics this year. Like, oh, geez, Jim, you do spend a bit of time shitting on the Celtics. I do. It's only because most of the time shitting on the Celtics is funny because Celtics fans really get all up in arms about it. But they could easily win the most games in the NBA. They and Milwaukee could clear 55, 56 wins. Plus, if the extreme zinger meal himself, that's right, extreme zinger meal. Extreme zinger meal. And Drew Holiday, if that all just works next to Jalen Brown, Derek White, oh, Desiree himself, Tatum could be sitting there going, I'm averaging 28 points, 
nine rebounds, six assists a game on the best team. We're fucking laying waste to everybody. He would be a really good look to win the MVP. And he's probably my favorite because he's like $9.50. I love it. Joel Embiid, uh, look, for Joel Embiid to win another MVP this year, he would have to score 100 points in a game, create a new fuel source based on rubbish or salt water, uh, break the light speed barrier, and basically instigate a new era of interstellar travel. Uh, And that's... Even then, I think he'd probably still struggle to get the voters on his side. Because seriously, even if Embiid won 60 games and he averaged 35 points a game, there is no way the voters are handing him another MVP just to watch him get fucking bounced in the East semis again. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Steph Curry, he's 30, he'll turn 36 in March next year. He would be the oldest MVP in the history of the NBA. Carl Malone was 35 in 98 99. MJ was 34 in 97 98. Um, I think you'll see a similar Curry season to last year where they just go, look, just fucking please don't get hurt. We just need you healthy down the stretch. They've got Chris Paul now. It's like you've got a couple of really old guards. You've got a bloke, the other greatest shooter of all time, Clay Thompson, still, you know, bouncing back two years after his major injuries. So don't push it. It's going to be okay. You don't have to drop 60 on Chicago in fucking January or whatever. KD... I just, 35 as well. He's just old. He won MVP last 10 years ago. And he's like, there's a calf pull here. There's a hammy. There's a just little things here. And that's just age. It's age injuries. If he's going to play 70 games at the highest level in Phoenix, maybe he'd have a shot. He's at like $16 at the moment. But I think he's extraneous, like assists and stuff like that. Take a bit of a hit playing next to Booker and Beal. Uh, I think his interior scoring has dipped dramatically over the last couple of years as well, KD. It's one of the things that doesn't really get talked about that much. So KD's probably not going to get a chance, I think. Like, I like the idea and the concept, but they would have to run rampant. And KD would have to be the best player on this team. I don't think he is, because I think that's Devin Booker. I love Booker. Outside of Tatum and uh, Jokic and Giannis, he's probably my fourth favorite. Because if he gets those like assist numbers up from five and a half last year, he averaged 7.1 assists and scored 33.7 in the playoffs last year. If he does something like that, yeah, he's on for MVP. Definitely very, very much on. He was shooting almost 50% from the floor. Booker is just the sort of dude where you look at it and go, there is a leap there, and we saw it last year in the playoffs, point book. And if they're going to try to do this weird Brad Beal, Devin Booker backcourt, just give the fucking ball to Booker and get out of his way, and he might win the MVP. He's 21 bucks at the moment. I love Devin Booker in this one. SGA, it'll be pretty gnarly. He'd have to, what, average 35 points a game. OKC would have to be even leapier than we thought and win like 52, 53, 54 plus games. And Shea could have to be like the best guard in the NBA by like, a lot. He might be that. I just don't quite see this happening happening this year. And how about Dame? I just can't see him next to Giannis doing it. I think he's like the greatest fucking single Robin you could ever have next to a Batman like Giannis. But I think they'll sort of eat into each other's successes there. So I'm going to take Tatum. I think they're going to win a shit ton of games. 
I think he's going to be awesome. And I feel like it'll be him ahead of Jokic and Giannis, and away we go. I think this is Tatum's moment. Just do it, son. Just do it. Can you do the damn thing? Can you do it? I believe. Nice one. All right, what about Rookie of the Year? Is it Victor Wembanyama? No. My favorite for this is Chet Holmgren. I just think he's going to play more. I think he's exactly what OKC need. Just a bit of a rim deterrent. Can move on the perimeter as well. He can do a little bit here and there on offense, obviously. Fill in some gaps. Webin Yama's probably going to have the most insane highlights. I think Chet Holmgren will have the better year. I also feel like Wemby will have these moments where Pop goes, what are we doing? I don't need to play you on a back-to-back. You're a seven foot forty fucking French alien. I don't want you to get hurt in your rookie year. Unless the Spurs start winning a shit ton of games early on, which I just don't kind of see. But the thing is, OKC should be really good this year. All my projections basically have them flying up, 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 up. So if you get to that sort of 46 win mark, OKC are in it for the long haul. They're in it for playoff seeding. Chet will be playing a shit ton. He's got a good coach. He's got really good teammates. And teammates will probably help set him up. Like Giddy and Holmgren are going to be fucking awesome together. SGA and Holmgren. It's like a great couple of punches there. One, two, three. I love this. So I love Chet. The other thing is like Scoot Henderson is going to have the ball in his hand a shit ton. I just think Portland are going to be dog shit. Poor one out for PDX Pete, but I think OKC going to be really good. Chet's going to be the exact thing that they needed, and I could definitely see him winning Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evan Mobley. Mobley's my favorite pick for this because it's either him or Bam, right? Just because I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. gets it this year because everyone's like, ah, this fucking guy. Giannis, if he gets his thing back to gear, perhaps... But I love Mobley. I love Bam. It would be hilarious if Wembenyama did win it and not Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I just don't know if he's going to play enough games. Uh, Rudy Gobert is the Stafford Tower at $19. Probably not. Walker Kessler is going to put up some pretty eye-popping numbers at $21. Nick Claxton's another one to keep an eye on. 26 If Brooklyn are kind of handy and kind of fun, who knows what could happen. But should I say it? Should I say it? Ben Simmons could Box Hill Benny come out of absolutely nowhere, throw his hat back into the ring as Defensive Player of the Year. Could he? Yes. Will he? Probably not. <laughs> but still, it would be fucking sick. Chet Holmgren's bounced out to five dollars fifty actually for rookie there in some places. So just saying. Uh, but I love Mobley. I love Bam in this one. Mobley's eight dollars. Bam's eleven. Uh, as OGO and Anobi at 26, I just don't know if they're going to give it to non-rim protecty guard types again. Drew Holiday might be another good one. He's at $26 as well. If you think like a guard can pull off another Marcus Smart, Drew's right there. But Ben Simmons at $76. Hello, nurse. I'm in. Uh, most improved player, Mikael Bridges should win this in a canter. I just... Absolutely love the Michael Bridges, Mikael Bridges, most improved player bet because he's going to have a shit ton of opportunity. He's going to get to go bang. He's got his own team. Uh, Scotty Barnes is another interesting one at 14. Shengun at $19. 
Love that for Shangoon. The problem is he's on that fucking horrible Houston team with 87 dudes who all want the ball. Hashtag free Shangoon. Obi Toppin, ain't no stopping. Obi Toppin, if the paces are a bit of a surprise, $29 for Obi's a good one. The other really fun one is Franz Wagner. Hello, $29 for Franz Wagner. So I think my point for this is you want a dude who takes the leap from good to great that folks kind of half saw coming. He sort of signposted it. And you go, aha, we're finally here. It's Franz, it's Mikael Bridges, Mikael. Scotty Barnes would have to be, have a big bounce back for Toronto this year. It could happen. And the other sneaky one is Anthony Edwards. If he just goes to absolute fucking super duper star and goes absolute, burns everyone to the ground, he's at 26 bucks at the moment. But Bridges and Wagner are my two picks for this. I'm going to go Bridges. I've been on Bridges for a little while now, so... But Franz at $29, Anthony Edwards at $26 are pretty good as well. Devin Vassell at $36 maybe, Shingun at $19. i am loving it. Right, what about Clutch Player of the Year? doesn't matter because this is all stat-based. Who's going to be playing in the most clutch situations? Let's just say Donovan Mitchell. He's at $17. Why not? Kevin Durant, because maybe Phoenix are in a lot of clutch games. Maybe Anthony Edwards, clutch games. That's why Darren Fox won it last year. He scored the most points in clutch situations. They gave him the award. Who's going to be in heaps of clutch situations? Simple as that. I like Donnie Mitchell at 17. Cleveland will be good. I don't know how good they are going to be. And sixth man of the year. I don't mind the old uh, Derek White look. It's $17. It's just going to be a bit up in the air, I think, as... The Celtics sort of figure out their rotation. Emmanuel quickly should be all over this. And say with Caleb Martin from the Heaters. That's right. 23 bucks. Not bad there. Derek White at 17, but Emmanuel quickly is the pick. He is the front runner, unfortunately, for that one. Uh, but he should be pretty bloody good. There's even like dudes like Benny Matherin. I just he might start for Indy, so. Seems like that'd be throwing a bit of money away. Bogdan Bogdanovich at 26 after a big, nice, deep run for the Feebers. But Emmanuel quickly at $8. Derek White at 17 Caleb Martin at 23 is also not a bad one. And there you go. Nice one. Do we miss anybody? Do we miss anything? Six-man clutch prey of the year. What about coach of the year? I'm going to give this to Mark Dagano already. Eight bucks. Adrian Griffin, he's already kicked... Fucking Terry Sots to the curb. Dagano, I think, okay, so you'd be most very, very improved team. So Dagano is my pick for that. Jason Kidd for first coach fired. Bang. Lock that in. Uh, otherwise, how do we all feel about those? Rookie of the Year is an interesting one because Wemby, look, he's at $1.70 at the moment. He might, he's the obvious pick. But in terms of like a betting pick, it's just not a great one because there's not much value in there. So... And as soon as he sort of like gets around that 60 game mark, you start sweating it out. I just like Chet at $5.50. Scoot four fifty, why not? But there you go. All right. There's some good ones. That was fun. That was a bit more fun than I expected. So nice one. Good job, me. <laughs> it is your show, Jim. All right. Fantasy breakouts. Should we do it? Let's do the damn thing. Fantasy breakouts this year in the NBA. It was... A strange sort of set of circumstances with the fantasy breakout. So if you've still got a fantasy draft today, tomorrow, 
Um, bit of a weird one. I think Ben Simmons is actually weirdly enough one to keep an eye on uh, because, to be honest, it's pretty funny how good he could be. Uh, but in terms of the ones that are looking to break out, you're always looking for basically dudes who get a little bit more of a chance to shine, a bit more of a chance to do more than they probably have in the past. And for me, that sort of screams out the likes of Michael Mika Bridges. It's probably Darius Garland, like to take that big, big, big jump. Jordan Poole, in terms of fantasy, is going to score an absolute fuck ton of points. Uh, but the other ones I really like are Mobley. I mentioned him for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he is just going to turn into an all-round basketball octopus. And the other sort of weird ones are DeAndre Ayton. I think he's going to have a fucking massive year in Portland. It's not going to matter, but he's going to put up some big fucking numbers. Uh, Tyler, there goes my hero with the uh, slow fade of Big Buddha Carl Lowry there in Miami. He'll get plenty of chances. Walker Kessler is another great one. He's going to put up some big, big, big numbers. And one of my favorites, Anthony Penny Simons. He will go absolutely hammer and tongs this year. The problem is he's got a couple of other blokes gunning for his job, but he's getting paid more than them, so <laughs> he should be right. Teenage Mutant Yaka Pertle up there in Toronto should be pretty bloody good too. Uh, who else? Keegan Murray, do you believe in Keegs? Big bounce back. Well, after his rookie year sort of, you know, hit a big, big rookie wall, he was very good at times. Don't know what's going to happen there, but don't mind him. And Devin Vassell for the Spurs. He's got a lot of scoring to do. I'll tell you that much. Uh, last little one, Time Lord up there in Portland. I feel like he gets traded to somewhere and gets like a way, way bigger role, and off he goes. And the final one, Mark Williams on Charlotte. I think he'll uh, a very decent year on a weird, weird, weird team. All right, let's do some over-under best bets, and then we'll do a uh, quick unpopular opinion outback takeout, and we'll piss off again and come back tomorrow. All right, good. Uh, the over-under best bets for this year that we had, it is... A weird, weird mix this season of the over-unders in the East, in the West. My four favorite best bets, however, are the Dallas Mavericks to go under 45.5 wins. It's $2 at the moment. That is one of my favorite locks of the season. I just, there are so many dudes who play the exact same position on this team and don't tend to play much defense. (laughs) It's like Kyrie, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway, Jr., Dante, sex him up, Seth Curry, Jaden Hart. This just, it's a lot of like weird mixes of ball handling and shooting, but not much defense. And they don't really have any big wings outside of Williams. Oh, Grant Williams. And they don't have much in the way of like rim protection. It's like, it's just a fucking cacophony of, oh shit. How do we lose this one? 130 to 125 again. So under 45 and a half. They only won 38 last year after they tanked down the stretch. I think they land around 42-40. They're competitive because they score so much. And Luca is just, you know, an absolute fucking conductor. But the defense has slipped all the way down to 25th last year. Uh, 21st in the first year of Kid. And then I just don't like it. They were 5-11 and 11 together, Kyrie and Luca. Just the defense on the perimeter when they're both on the court. I just don't. Like it at all, sir. I just don't like it. Um, otherwise, that's one of them. Other locks for me, the Miami Heat. Under. God bless the Miami Heat, but jeez. 
Seriously. You let Gabe Vince and Maxi Struis go. You sacrificed them at the altar of, we're getting Dame Lillard. But then you didn't get Dame Lillard. So sucked in, dickheads. You're Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, bucket hat enthusiast Tyler there. Go, who's my hero? The retreaded Josh Richardson, 37-year-old big booty car, Larry, a cooked Kevin Love. Caleb Martin, he was MJ against the fucking Celtics and then turned back into a spud in the finals. And then, like, Nikola Jovic. Sure. And then a bunch of sort of other big question marks where they're like, oh, man, nah, we love our first round pick, eh? And you're like, I mean, that's good. That's really cool. Jaime Hawkes is, like, pretty gnarly, but all right. (laughs) I just... I really, really struggle with the Heat going over 46 wins. 44 wins last year. They got a bit worse. I just don't see it. Two other ones. I'm going over with the Celtics. I already mentioned this. I think they are loaded for bear. I think they'll be really, really, really good. Um, Over 54 and a half. Lock that away. I think they go to very close to 60. 59, 23, I think, is where I landed with them. And away you go. And the other one is... Let's go back out west for another lock. It's okay, see. We're going to go over 44 and a half. I just think SGA and co. will be out to prove everybody wrong, and away we go. Nice one. Multi those up, I'm just saying. All right, what about an unpopular opinion of the day? Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I just really, really struggle to see... Toronto going that well this year. This one hurts a little bit. Scoob, Dennis Schroeder. I've got, like, the tricky part is I've got them going over, but it's by a half win. The over-under is 36.5. I've got them at 37. They're one of the biggest question marks for me this year, and I'm like, I don't know where to start. They feel pretty thin still. They feel really weird. And away we go. It gets weird. And the other one's sort of Charlotte. It's like Lamelo. If he's healthy, they fly over 31 and a half wins. If he's not, it's under. Like, it's that simple. Like, you've got Brandon Miller being indicted. You, like, where a lawsuit has been brought against him, all this sort of weird shit. And it's just, that's all kind of fucky. So I really want to just sort of steer clear of it. But that Charlotte team just feels like a massive mess to me. All right. And finally, it's time for our back take house. It's Monday at our back, and you know what that means. Oh, yeah, the squids and I on the way down to the fucking daycare this morning had the cricket bats out the side of the car. Just bang, bang, bang every time we saw a fucking Maggie. That's right, magpie wings only at our back. Today's Flame Grill take is Adam Silver 100% put in a fucking call to all the GMs of the NBA and went, all right. No more Australians in this fucking league. We're going to get rid of at least two. And made sure that the Great Barrier Reef and Seven Nation Army both got shit canned. I don't know why he hates Australians. He just fucking does. He's weird like that. Only at our back. I don't know. That's a pretty flame-grilled take for him to go out of his way and actually do it. But the actual flame-grilled take for today. How about this? The Sacramento Kings will win 50 games and the Golden State Warriors will struggle to win 42. What do you reckon? 
Oh, yeah. Sounds good. All right, there you go. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with the NBA Australia Awards. I think we'll be in the uh, Cobet Studios for that. Might get Stats Guy to jump on for a couple of those and talk some shit. Uh, but either way, follow NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG, all over the socials. It's going to be absolute chaos this year. Lots of videos, lots of weird, fun shit. Uh, get around nbaaustralia.com slash shop and get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use. We don't use Stitcher anymore, do we? Because it died. Uh, otherwise, we've got a big thanks to From Oslo for the intro and out song. Outro songs. Use your words, Jim. Check out their new band, House Hats. They're really good. And big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hiffed out the show. Smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J Earth, Facey, Apple Music. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right, let's finish up with a very, very quick deli review of Loki Season 2 so far. How good's that? And we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. We really will. The last day without NBA basketball for the next nine months. Let's fucking go. Woo! All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. It's NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. the fuck ain't it's your old man Deli over here to swing a buy for my latest pop culture review that's right real quick pop culture reviews look I'm doing it real quick because I've got all my shit to do for the NBL and stuff because we're out here I'm dealing with a concussion or whatever so I didn't play on the weekend for the United and shit but the boys are still pretty good uh, it didn't really matter too much I'll tell you what it's pretty good to have a fucking week end off and just sort of hang out in the midst of caught up on that new Lokis so real quick no spoils nothing I have no fucking clue what's going on in that telly show it's like isn't like you bad guy. Fucking TVA, what are they doing? Alright, so it's about threads. Alright, isn't that a new app? Fuck, mate, I don't know what's happening. Misses straight me out, though, and then she's like, yeah, this dude's this guy, and he's doing this one, and they're in this, like, timeline and shit. I'm like, fucking timelines, man. I just don't have the time for it. <laughs> Get it? So, yeah. But still, fucking Hillstons, he's pretty fucking fun as Loki, so, look, and you've got, like, the, the he... That Owen Wilson motherfucker, he's funny as shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. He's, like, funny as fuck. So, yeah, look, I'll still give you, like, 22 deli, ten, deli ones out of 10 because, yeah, it's still pretty entertaining. Just got to get up to speed, man. It's a bit much, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, there you go. That's it for me for this, this week. I'll catch you next time. Later, fuckos, deli. Yeah, out. <laughs>